Hooray, it's Monday and everything's back to normal. Hooray. We're back from holiday. My suntan has already peeled off and gone down the drain because I have Irish skin. Thanks, ancestors. And yeah, so everything's good. We've got a lovely show ahead for you today. We do indeed. We've got a review about an amazing film that I watched and I can't wait to tell you about it because you should watch it too. Yes, you should. Um, And we've got all your wonderful ghost stories as well. And at the very end, Becca will come in fresh from her new travels with her friends and give us a Becca's Reddit corner. So a full show ahead. Hooray. What else has been happening in the world? Well, yesterday, as our Patreons found out, I um I had to settle a dispute between the neighbor's cat and an actual neighbor's cat because our scene, uh, nope, nearly give a name away then. The neighbor's cat was on the windowsill in the living room looking out and making this weird noise. And when I looked out, there's this big, massive panther of a cat sat in the garden looking at the neighbor's cat. And I was like, oh my God, what do we do here? And then the big panther in the garden started doing that shoulder thing. You know, like where they they go hunting towards the window and then disappeared out of sight under the window. And there was like a tense 30-second moment. And then it jumped up and the neighbor's cat panicked and nearly pulled down the blind. I panicked, so I went, right, I'm going to chase this cat. So I went out into the front and I went, and the cat looked at me and went, quoi? Because it was a French cat. Now the cat looked at me and said, what what, what is that meant to do? Does that mean to scare me, little boy? And I thought, I also thought, I don't want the neighbours to look at me and see me trying to scare away a cat because they'd be like, you've got a cat, you tit. So I was trying to do it like as surreptitiously as you can be angry with something. That's how I was doing it. And then our actual neighbour came out to go to work and I had to pretend there was something wrong with the lock of the door. So I was like, ah, yeah, and just started playing with the handle. And still this panther's now looking at me going, look at you, you tit. You can't even stand by your convictions. Ha, you're a wally. I might run in your house and just rob your telly. So, um, yeah, that was fun to deal with. Anyway, that's enough TNC information. Somebody in an email called the neighbor's cat TNC, and I'm a bit about it, if I'm being honest. So, yeah, that's what we've got in store for you today. But, of course, before we get into the entire universe, which is Wintag, we need to say a big thank you to those people who support the show and allow it to continue each and every week. I am, of course, talking about our wonderful Patreons. Hooray! When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you support this little show, you also get your name sung out as a thank you, which is what I do with a guitar, yes. And not only that, you get access to around, well, over, I sounded well then, and not only that, you get access to over 200 episodes. Apologies if you wench, if you wench, if you're Welsh or Indian, because my Welsh does go into Indian. Um, But you get access to over 200 hours worth of content just for Patreons. And it's sometimes funny, sometimes scary, sometimes neither, if I'm being perfectly honest. But it is indeed content. And let's be honest, isn't that what we're all after? Whether you're just painting the house, cleaning the car, or in my case, shouting at your TV screen as you're getting whooped 7-0 on FIFA by some kid the other side of the world. So to join the Patreon, support the show, and get access to two additional podcasts each and every week head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts, just like these wonderful new Patreons have. The guitar is well and truly out, and we have six wonderful new Patreons today. We have Whitney Asprey, Jackie, Laurel, Penny Boyce, Melissa Roberts, and Samantha Vunier. And as she's in the news and a bit trending, let's do it in the style of a bit of Kate Bush, shall we? Here we go. Ooh. Ooh, that's nice. He says himself, Whitney, Asbury and Jackie, 
Laurel and Penny Boys too. Melissa Roberts, Samantha Vunier. They've signed up to Patreon too. I wanna say thank you. I had to write that on a weird code there because I didn't know how to get out of that. Got myself into a bit of a Kate Bush web. But thank you so much, guys, for signing up to Patreon. If you want to support the show, and why wouldn't you? Come on, guys. Head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And we're looking to do something over the next month or two months where we do a few more interactive things with our Patreon group. We're going to start doing videos and web chats and stuff like that. Yes, it's all happening over there. So go to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Anyway, should we have a paranormal review? Yes, I think we shall. Okay, so it's paranormal review time where I review something paranormal so you don't have to. Yes, we pause for people to say that doesn't make any sense because it doesn't, but it doesn't matter, does it? Nothing really matters. As someone better than I at singing once said, that's right, it was George Formby. Anyway, what I watched this weekend whilst Becca was away with her friends, I watched a film that's just come onto Netflix called You Are Not My Mother. Now, I might be late to the game in this. I'm pretty sure I will be because I'm not normally up to speed with what's current and new and modern and funky. But um, I did watch this film and, oh my God, it is wonderful. Genuinely wonderful. It's an Irish independent film and... Um, I can't say enough good things about it. It hits, it's the best horror film I've seen since Hereditary. It genuinely is. It does everything right. And yeah, you could say, well, it jumps the shark in places, but does it really when you're considering the content? Because the content matter is about changelings and the, like the, the Irish folklore, well, I say Irish folklore, but you know, like fairy folklore about them taking a baby and replacing it with a changeling. And, um, but um, with something as far, when I say as far-fetched, I don't want to offend the fairy folk, you know, as you will hear on other podcasts, on, such as on Ghost Story Guys. By the way, listen to Ghost Story Guys this week. They've got an amazing guest on. Unbelievable capture for them, I'm telling you. Um, outstanding. And I listened to the show yesterday, it was dead good. But they are often plagued by incidents when they have, um, when they discuss fairies. So I'm definitely not slagging off the fairy folk. No way, siree. But... Uh, that's where the changeling sort of ethos comes from, I think. How you would take a topic like that, and um, which, when I say far-fetched, do you know what I mean? It's going to be really difficult. If you say to me, make a horror film about a ghost in a house, fine. I'm pretty sure I could do it. Pretty confident I could, actually. And I'm also pretty confident I can make it scary. Because ghosts are, in my opinion, you know, the more believable. God, I'm going to get into the offending fairy territory now. But they just are. Um, anyway, so I couldn't write a scary film about a changeling because I wouldn't know how you'd go about it. And I think I'd always make it too far-fetched. But this film, honestly, it just does it right. There's nothing where you think that couldn't happen, which is bizarre when you think about what you're dealing with. But it's done so well. It really is. It, it gets that balance perfectly right between things you can see and things you don't see that, that are all equally scary. You can probably tell how enthusiastic I am about this film. Um, it could also be five coffees, you know, we'll never know. But I will say that if you are stuck for something new and scary to watch, get yourself over to Netflix, find You Are Not My Mother. Honestly, within the first three minutes, I was stood up, well, I wasn't stood up, but I was sat on the couch going, what are you doing? 
What, like saying out loud, what are you doing? What is this film? What are you doing? Um, and then that all becomes self-explanatory as it goes on. But oh my Lord, as soon as it finished, I found who the director was and went and like followed them on Twitter. And I had to tweet them and say, listen, that film was outstanding. I have never in my 43 years on this earth felt the need to do that with any film. But this was so bloody good. And as I say, you know, you all might be going, oh my God, are you only just finding you are not my mother? Yes, yes, I am. And I'm proudly doing so. So if you want to know what the rating is for this film, if you couldn't have guessed, it's nine thumbs up to the sky. Yes, I'm borrowing some art from people. It's nine thumbs up to the sky. Go check it out. Hooray, it's time for my favourite part of the show. I know I say that for every part, but you know, they're all my children. Sound like a weird vampire. Anyway, it's that part of the show where I read out your true paranormal stories. And I love it. I genuinely do because I don't pre-read these before. As you all know, I don't pre-read them before I do the show. I know a lot of other people do. but And that's fine. But the reason I don't is because I want to give you my sincere, genuine reaction at the end. And it's hard for me to do that if I've had a re- the reaction prior. Do you know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Also, just going through my emails... And I know this has happened with the ghost story guys because they've mentioned it. But going through my emails since coming back from holiday and going through some stories and stuff like that and seeing what stories I can earmark to read out, um, I put a little tag by them to say, read that out on the show. Yes, I do. I read like the first three lines and go, yep. And um, turns out OnlyFans are trying to legitimize themselves because they've also reached out to me and said, would you like to join OnlyFans as a podcast creator? So I think they're trying to get a bit legit Either that or they want pictures of me going ba-dam, bam. And let's be honest, nobody wants to be put off the dinner right now. So, um, yeah. So if you see me flaunting some OnlyFans, good. I'm not going to do it. I'm not even going to meet with the guy, to be honest, because I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing against the sex industry, obviously. People need to earn a living, for God's sake. Um, but I am a bit of a prude. And I'm a bit like, no, you're a naughty place. You're a naughty place. I can't go over to you. I can't get my tadger out. And they'll be like, we don't want you to get your tadger out. We just want you to do paranormal content. I'll be like, no, you don't. You want me to do it in the bath, don't you, with my bum cheeks out? So that probably won't happen. When I say probably, that won't happen. Anyway, our first email today comes in from Scott. And he writes, G'day, Kevin. And he does say g'day. So I think we can all have a little guess where Scott's from. That's right, Rotherham. Let's see what he's got to say. This isn't the longest story, but I'll see what I can do. So this is Scott's story. It was late autumn in Adelaide, Australia, around 1997-ish, and me and my girlfriend at the time were asked by her father to look after his house while he and my girlfriend's stepmom and stepbrother went away for a few days, which was totally fine. Everything was going great for the first day or so, but there was that feeling of something just not right under the surface. The odd open door or drawer, and part of the house that we'd been told to stay out of, and we did, Yet every morning there was a random light on in her father's bedroom and not always the same one. This is when I really started getting the heebie-jeebies. On the third or fourth day, her dad rings. How's it going, love? He says on loudspeaker. And my girlfriend at the time, Danny, says, Well, these lights keep turning on and off in your room. Are they on one of those switches that are timed to turn them on and off? To which he replies, No. If I had those, you guys wouldn't need to be there. Jokingly, I say, Oh, so it's just the ghost of Christmas past. 
His reply to that still gives me chills to this day. Well, maybe it's the ghost of the boy who died on his birthday at the end of the street. He got hit by a drunk driver on his birthday present BMX bike. He sneaked out the backsliding door, and well, the rest is history. Danny asked, Dad, tell me we aren't staying in his old bedroom, are we? No, love, that room is your brother's. So straight away after the call, we go into the room and we're just in awe of the fact we're standing in the room of a dead child. Sounds weird, but then I noticed the timber grain and the wardrobe had a face that appeared to be screaming, which totally freaked us both out. So we got out quickly and continued about the day just watching TV. Anyway, it starts getting late and Danny says, let's go to bed. And with that, she runs off down the passage and leaves myself to sort out all the lights. Now, it's about six meters down the passage to the bedroom. But as soon as I flicked the lights, it was like time almost stopped. It felt like I ran, and I did run, a hundred meters. I dove into bed and straight under the covers. Well, the next morning I get woken by Danny going off about all the doors and drawers, not just in the kitchen, but in the whole house, being opened. And I pleaded with her that it wasn't fucking me. And that was when we both at the same time noticed the sliding door was slightly open. Now the problem with that was we didn't have a key for that door. And it was one of those special bolt things that go into the ground also. And both had been undone. We only had a key to the front door. Fifteen minutes later and we just left. And I never stepped foot back in there again. I've had a few other things happen, like a time when we were wanting to play cards and somebody asked where the deck was, and a deck of cards floated off a shelf and crashed straight to the floor. But most recently, my wife, not Danny, and I had been doing some investigating and found the grave of a lady who was a residual haunting in an old blacksmith's where we spent a few nights holidaying. From 1864, on our cap, balls went crazy. Keep up the excellent work. Cheers, Scott. Can I just say, at the end of that, I said, and our cat, balls went crazy. And I don't know whether he means our cat, balls, went crazy. Or whether balls went crazy is a saying. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm going to try that with Becca later. I'm going to say, hey, have you ever balls went crazy? Anyway, your story, Scott, that is terrifying. At first, I was a bit like, I didn't get it really when I was reading it out because it was like... Didn't the dad say the kid died down the street? But rereading it then, yes, it, it says he was killed at the end of the street. I get it. And you're in the house that he lived. That's what I now understand. Okay, that is terrifying then. And all the doors and the drawers open in. It's interesting because that is, you know, it's poltergeist activity, as in it's in the film. And I was saying this on a recent other show um, that, you know, just because something appears in a film, if that then happens in real life, it doesn't mean it's fake, do you know what I mean? Or exaggerated. I really feel for people who experience something paranormal that has also happened in a film because they must forever be going, yeah, like in the film, and they're going, well, you've just seen the film, then, haven't you? Just having a nightmare, aren't you? But I am very interested in that sort of time dilation that you seem to experience as well. It's a weird thing, this paranormal world that we discuss. Do you remember ages ago we talked to Tony and he was talking about an entity that stood in the doorway in the door frame of his auntie's room, who was a light sleeper and would wake at anything. And her husband came home from work and stomped up the stairs and she didn't hear a thing. The, 
The entity had the ability to manipulate sound, it would appear, as you've heard in the Amitable case and other things like that. So it's interesting that in this situation, it appears something, some sort of spiritual energy or entity is able to manipulate your perception of time. What can't they do? Tell you what, they are an all-round children's entertainer. I do like the sound of that dad in the story, though. He did make me laugh with that. Um, have you got one of those timer switches? No. If he had one of them, I wouldn't be paying you to stay here. Love that attitude. I also think, yeah, but also, the timer switches won't stop a burglary, will they? Whereas someone living in your house will. So shut up, dad. No, seriously, though, Scott, the, um, the story itself is petrifying. I'm obviously making light of it, for that's the point of the show. However, I would... I don't know what I'd do if I came downstairs. And the point you made at the end where you say we didn't have a key for the back door and it's bolted into the floor. There are bolts you physically need to lift out of the floor. Then I'm, no. You've done the right thing in running away. Anyway, let's have our next listener email. And this comes in from Amanda and it's entitled, My Dad Grew Up in a Haunted House! Exclamation mark, please. Hi, Kev. Hi. Becca. Hi. And the neighbor's cat. Becca's got a sore throat, hasn't she? And the neighbor's cat. My name is Amanda, and I've recently only found your podcast, Let's Talk About Ghosts, after listening to a few episodes of The Dark Paranormal, which freaked me out a bit. So I prefer this more light-hearted paranormal podcast. Well, thank you for saying that, Amanda. It's normally the other way around, so I do appreciate that. Thank you. I've mainly been working from home, and so have been listening to three or four episodes of this podcast a day to catch up. I'm up to April at the moment, so nearly there. Oh, so you'll probably hear this later on then, won't you? Unless you're up to speed, I don't know. But God, I couldn't listen to me four times a day. No way. But um, thank you for doing so. I am fascinated by the paranormal, and I think this first stems from my dad and grandma telling me when I was a child about things that happened in the house my dad grew up in. I haven't experienced anything paranormal as far as I'm aware, but thought I would share the things my dad and grandma have told me. They are honest people, and I know they wouldn't make this sort of stuff up. So this is Amanda's dad's experience. The house my dad spent a portion of his late childhood, early teen years in, was a town near the New Forest in southern England. It was apparently a small house hospital years before he lived there. He said strange things would happen, but he didn't feel scared. My grandma would shut the living room curtains at night, but when being the first one downstairs in the morning, they would be open. There was a big chest of drawers at the top of the stairs and my dad, his brother and sister and my grandparents would all be downstairs but hear the drawers opening and shutting on their own. One day my dad and his brother were alone in the house and someone knocked at the front door. My dad opened it and the radio in the kitchen suddenly came on really loud. My dad thought it was his brother who turned it on but he appeared from upstairs and my dad would have seen him run from the kitchen to upstairs when he was by the front door. My dad's sister used to be scared of a certain room upstairs, as she said she saw a little old lady in it one time. And lastly, when my grandma's sister stayed over one night, she woke up in the middle of the night to see a lady sitting at the end of her bed, crying. She asked what the matter was, in brackets, she's brave, I would have screamed, and the lady disappeared. Thinking about the house previously being a hospital, I wonder if the ghost lady had been there before visiting a sick patient. Sorry this is short, but I just wanted to contribute something. 
Thanks for the great podcast and keeping me company whilst working. From Amanda. Well, you're very, very welcome, Amanda. And thank you so much for reaching out with your story. Now, first and foremost, I've done a little bit of research into this and I had a little inkling of it anyway. But what is a proper freaky thing with old houses in the UK? Genuinely, especially during wartime, is the government or the armed forces would just walk in and go, hello, we're going to turn this into a hospital. And they go, oh, yes, okay, fair enough. King and country and all that malarkey. And um, yeah, and they just take over your house and turn it into a hospital. And in the rural areas, they would do it with small houses. So such as this house in the story from Amanda. We visited one in the Lake District, actually. And it was just a lovely looking house. It wasn't massive. It was just, um, you could visit it because it was old. It was like a National Trust place, but it wasn't like a stately home or anything. And it looked like just a lovely sort of larger than a cottage, you know. But outside, there were photographs of when that was a hospital during the First World War, I think. And they must have had like seven beds to a room. And when I say to a room, I'm talking a room that was no bigger than 12 foot, you know, 12 foot squared sort of thing. But terrifying, absolutely ghastly images. And think about it as well. During wartime, it's highly unlikely that every single nurse and doctor there is at the peak of their profession. You know, I might be quite wrong, but when you're at the point where things are so bad, you're taking over private homes to turn them into hospitals. You know, I can't imagine that everyone's at the top of the game who's employed there. So you'd probably get people in a lot of pain just getting fed painkillers. And there would undoubtedly be a lot of despair and death and all of those emotions that would soak into a wall and present themselves hundreds of years later, if you believe the old stone tape theory there. But it is a terrifying story that you've submitted there, Amanda. And here's a question for everyone. What would you sooner have? Right, picture this. When you're lying asleep in bed, say four in the morning, and it's pitch black, but you can still see th things around the room, what would you rather experience? Would you sooner wake up and stood at the foot of your bed, stood up at the foot of your bed, there is a woman, an old woman in a white shroud looking at you in the face? Or, like in this story, would you sooner have someone sat on the end of your bed facing away from you crying? I don't know, because both are horrible. I think the woman's staring at me. And do you know why? Because I think that the woman crying would eventually turn around and stare at me. And the idea of what her face would look like would be more terrifying in my head. As in, for those 10 seconds before she turned around to look at me, I would have freaked myself out a lot more than just looking at a ghost at the end of my bed. Do you know what I mean? Because I'd be like, what if she turns around and it's a skull? What if she turns around and it's a big distended jaw and hollow eyes with maggots in it? And I'd do all that in my head, just as she sat there sobbing, minding her own business. So yeah, for me, I think I'd go for the woman stood at the end of the bed. But do let me know what you'd prefer. I say that like I can arrange it for you. Let me know what you prefer, and I'll arrange for a weeping woman or a stood-up woman at the end of your bed. Do let me know. We'll run a competition, and I'll find... Well, I do have a book. I've got Abramellon's... Abramellon the Major's Book of Spells. I could always try and send something to your house. I'm up for anything on this show, Divinchinar. Anyway, this show runs on your true paranormal experiences. So if you've got a paranormal experience that you want to share with the show, simply send it over to contact at talkaboutghosts.com. And what I'll do, you see, is I'll read it out because that's how the show works. That's the transaction. OK, then, you wonderful people. What we're going to do now is we're going to take ourselves over to that dark, dingy and very sceptical corner, which is owned by the one and only Becca. Ladies and gentlemen. Now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. 
Kevin, you're, you're the best, and ghosts are dead real, and you're just so lovely, and thank you for everything you do for me, and the cat, the name is Cat. Um, as you can tell, uh, Becca can't make it, it turns out, so she's back to back with meetings this morning, and obviously I have a deadline myself to get this episode out, so sadly she won't be on this week's episode, but she promises she'll make up for it next week with extra time. So yeah, I just basically sat outside her office like a little boy and could hear her talking away. And as she finished one meeting, I went, can you do a Reddit corner now? And she went, no, I've got to jump onto another meeting. Well, this is the thing. You see, if you're going to spend a weekend away with your friends, you're going to come back to a shed load of work. But she does apologise. And I also apologise. She will be back on next week. But I'm still going to read out what she was going to read as part of Reddit corner. I won't do the voice because I think that would be very grating very quickly. But as you know, on Reddit Corner, what we like to do is we look at the app known as Reddit. We go to the ghost section of Reddit. And what we then do is we see what's been happening or what's been submitted over the last 72 hours or maybe a bit longer if there's nothing of interest. And we read it out and we have a discussion. But I'm going to do it anyway and have a discussion on myself or by myself, if you will, or on my own. Depends on your use of the English, English language, really, doesn't it? Anyway, this is from somebody called... Kedi Mizurana, or Mizunara, from three days ago. And it's titled, I've been seeing a shadow peeking at me lately. That sounds scary, doesn't it? And it goes thusly. Okay, so I've been living in this house for the past seven years. But lately, I've been noticing weird things happening. Like some of my collection coins and other stuff moving from their place. In brackets, it might be me brother though. Interesting little segue there. Should I even bother to continue? Yes, I will. But the weirder thing that has happened on the last week is that I've been seeing a shadow watching me from time to time. Like peeking from behind walls and the TV and computer screen. I don't know if it's got eyes or whatever, but this thing is starting to make me feel uncomfortable every time I see it watching me. I've been feeling like someone is touching my feet and as I'm writing this, This thing has decided to watch me again from behind the computer screen. I don't know what to do. Side note, the next door neighbour has slit his throat twice in the last year. The second one being successful with his objective and he died on the way to the hospital. He always looked at me with certain anger before he died as I was the only one who called the police when he placed his 800 watt speakers a full blast against the wall around 2 or 1 a.m. Wow. Wowzer, wowzer, wowzer. Several things to unpick within that, I think. Firstly is the idea that this guy has lived a full life and then very unfortunately and sadly committed suicide. And yeah, is it an ego thing where you think, and well, you know, they've lived a full life. That God knows how old they were, but they're old enough to live alone by the sounds of it. Yet they're going to come back and haunt me because I once phoned the police about that. I think they've got bigger fish to fry when you get to the other side. Do you know what I mean? That's just my personal opinion. Now, when we look at these stories, we also look in the comments and there's a very interesting one. I always like it when I see something or hear something that I didn't know or hadn't heard, even if it's just a rumor or just like um, an anecdote about the paranormal that I didn't know. And I found one to do with this. Some person has replied and said, there is a superstition that ghosts enter through the feet to possess people. They do then say, but I'm not so sure on this. 
What would I do? I would talk to him. Just empathise with him. So here's one I don't think. I need, This needs some fucking, what's it, some citation needed on this. Listen to this for a sentence. Suicide victims are the number one spirit to communicate with on a Ouija board. I have spoken with many. What? That is the most citation needed sentence to do with the paranormal I've heard in recent years, to be honest. But his advice continues. People get scared of Ouija stuff. I've done probably close to a hundred now, and I've had no issues, he says with horns and a tail. I, however, have seen other people have issues. Ha ha, they've put. So maybe avoid using a board. Oh, and here's a little caveat. Maybe just have a chat to him when you're in the kitchen. Make your mind up poster. Do you want them to use a Ouija board? And in your opinion, you know, start communicating with the most frequent of people on there. Fucking hell. Or should they just walk into the kitchen and say, all right, Jeff, listen, if you've got a bit of a mood on because I used to phone the police on you, grass, then uh, yeah, please don't. Wow. So yeah, I really would have appreciated Becca's input on this. I'll be perfectly honest because um, I can guarantee she would have took umbrage with that and inverted commas fact about uh, suicide victims being the most common people to visit on Ouija boards. Fuck me. I don't think that's the case at all. And also, you've got to remember, allegedly with Ouija boards, they all lie, don't they? They all Allegedly, the thing that comes through are never genuine spirits. They're all like, I'm a, de- I'm a little girl. I drowned in a lake. I'm a little girl. Lovely little girl. Yes. Give me some sweeties when I possess your family. That's what happens with Ouija boards in real life, apparently. And also, there's that infamous line where he says, oh, I've done loads. It's fine for me. Mind, I've seen other people get possessed. Ha ha. It's no laughing matter, mister. So anyway, that's where I'll leave you for another week, you wonderful and beautiful people. Thank you as ever for choosing to spend your time with me here on We Need to Talk About Ghosts. Don't forget, if you want over 200, 100, 100 hours of extra content, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. In the meantime and in between time, take care of yourselves, look after each other and other lovely platitudes which would go very well at the end of this sentence. Think of some in your head. Tell them to yourself. Pretend it's from me. Anyway, guys, take care. Speak to you soon. Tatty bye. (laughs) 